This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. I'm your host, James Vickers. You can reach us on the show at Championship Pod, which is our new Twitter page. And you can also follow my personal Twitter, which is at underscore James Vickers. Hello, my name is Louis Shackshaft. Um, I'm a Sheffield Wednesday fan. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Louis Shackshaft or visit my website, louisshackshaft.com, uh, where I regularly post Sheffield Wednesday statistics uh, and the occasional blog or article uh, I do for different publications. I am Russ Goldman, the host of Cottage Talk, a podcast all about former football club. You can follow me on Twitter at Russ underscore Goldman and also at the Twitter account for Cottage Talk, simply Cottage Talk. Yeah, cheers for joining me today, guys, especially you, Russ. It was last minute getting you on, so uh, glad to have you. Um, I'm off the bench for this. Yeah, so I'll um, I'll pass it over to you, obviously. Two sets of uh, games this week. We had midweeks and then also the ones this weekend. If you want to start reading out the uh, the results from midweek and we'll sort of discuss from there. Absolutely. Here we go. Let's start with Tuesday, February 20th. We're going to start with Brentford's huge win, 5-0 against Birmingham. That's followed up by... The 1-1 draw between Aston Villa and Preston North End. And you have Burton Albion beating Barnsley 2-1. Then let's go to Middlesbrough beating Hull City 3-1. Here's a result that uh, I think we should be talking about this team in this show. It's funny because one of my co-hosts of Cottage Talk brought up how well this team's playing. Millwall beat Sheffield Wednesday 2-1. Nottingham Forest and Reading play to a 1-1 draw. Sheffield United beat QPR 2-1. And Bolton beat Sunderland 1-0. That was Tuesday's matches. And then on Wednesday, we have Wolves and North City playing to a 2-2 draw. Bristol City and Fulham playing to a 1-1 draw. Cardiff City beating Ipswich on the road 1-0. And then you have the 2-2 draw between Derby County and Leeds. James, I'm going to start with you. Which uh, team impressed you in these midweek matches? Yeah, there were a couple, really. Um, obviously, the result that stands out on paper, but we've sort of come to expect it, is uh, Brentford beating Birmingham 5-0. I'd imagine as a Brentford fan, they're quite a frustrating team to watch. One week, you know, they can put five past Birmingham, but then the other week, sort of, they're struggling against a sort of lower team in the table. So definitely when they're on song, which they seem to be on Tuesday night, you know, they're an absolutely fantastic team to watch. But um, the main game that I want to sort of focus on from midweek is, and it probably on paper when you looked at the fixtures wouldn't have been the game that stood out for you, is the Bolton-Sunderland game. Obviously a massive game down at the foot of the table. Um, and probably we're getting to the stage of the season now where the old cliche of six-pointers starts to get thrown around. And I think this was really, um, there was one obviously this weekend, which we'll get to in a bit, probably the first big six-pointer down at the foot of the table. And obviously Bolton coming out with the 1-0 win, Zach Clough scoring early in the first half. And, you know, that's massive for Bolton. They've climbed, I think it's four points clear of the relegation zone now. And hopefully they can start to look up rather than sort of back down over their shoulders. Sunderland, on the other hand, though, you know, we talked the other week about how they came back from 3-0 down against Bristol City and managed to scrape the draw. And, and was that the turn of the corner for them? to start picking up more points and it it looks as anything that they've gone back to how they have been you know foot of the table two points adrift from Burton and three or four points from safety now and it, it's definitely worrying times for Sunderland but you know Bolton fantastic to win there and hopefully they can use that momentum now to sort of climb a bit further up the table. 
Okay, very good. Uh, I know I brought this up, James, because, again, my co-host said this to me because this is a team that we really haven't talked that much about lately, at least on, on my show, Cottage Talk, and I, I don't know how much you guys have been talking about Millwall, but what are your thoughts about their rise lately? Yeah, when we played them um, about a month ago now, just after Christmas down at the Den, they took me by surprise. Obviously, I'd seen where they were in the table. They were sort of lower half-ish of mid-table, you know, having a, a decent season in their uh, their first season back in the championship. But, you know, as of late, and I'm sort of pulling up their form now, they've been on a great run. You know, they won again yeah. this weekend, which we'll, we'll cover again. And I think that's now... Um, three wins on the bounce and obviously before that they had a draw at Cardiff so you know getting good results and we always talk about after Christmas there's a team that really sort of come out of nowhere and put a run together and challenge or if not get in the playoffs and you know looking at Millwall now they're only six points outside the playoffs and they're a point behind Leeds United who sort of a month or two ago we were all talking about potentially them pushing on for top two and been in and around the playoffs so it's testament to sort of how well they're playing they've not got sort of the most exciting squad in the division, but what they are doing is playing to their strengths and they're one of the real sort of together teams, if if that makes sense, in the division where there's no real sort of standout names, any sort of star power, but it's a group of lads, you know, they'll give 110% week in, week out and they're, they're reaping the rewards for that. And, you know, as a Preston fan, I'm beginning to look over my shoulder a bit now with sort of the, the chasing pack, the likes of obviously Ipswich, who I'll get on to, uh, we played at the weekend, sure. Millwall, and to some extent Brentford as well, who have been there or thereabouts, but they're all starting to sort of close the gap on the the few teams that were initially chasing the playoffs. And it, it looks really now, Millwall included, that it's going to be sort of a a seven or eight team race for those sort of last one or two playoff spots. So it's, uh, it's definitely going to be exciting come the end of the season to see who does get there. Okay. Very good. I'm glad that we're talking a little bit about them because I've been impressed with this run that they're on. And I th- think it's a good team to, to just mention. And uh, like you said, the, now you're looking over your shoulder to a team like them, who's now uh, doing a nice job. Louis, who impressed you in these midweek matches? Well, I'm not impressed that we're talking about Millwall because that's the team that beat Sheffield Wednesday, obviously. So, right. uh, yeah, we, we, we were quite we, no cool. We were quite flat in that game. We went one nil ahead, but uh, Millwall deserved to win. But it's interesting because I know uh, James picked a team, essentially a, a six pointer, and and I've picked completely different teams, and, and I've divided it into who impressed me the most and and and, and the win the win in the midweek games. Um, so the team what actually impressed me most was Norwich. And I've picked Norwich because after 25 minutes, they were 2-0 down at Wolves. And yeah. uh, they actually managed to scrape a 2-2 draw. And they scored in the 94th minute to ruin the day for Wolves and their fans. Um, so I've actually picked Norwich away from home to come back and get a point at Wolves. And we all know how well Wolves are doing this season. So I thought they did really well to, like I say, get the point there. Uh, but the actual... Uh, win of the day. Um, I've picked. The, there were three. There were three results which stood out for me. That was Brentford winning five nil against Birmingham. We all know Birmingham are struggling, but to still put five past them, I thought you know Brentford are always good at home, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of Ollie Watkins, and he managed to score a brace. Uh, Cardiff. Ten, you know they just keep winning and winning and yep. they're scraping one nil wins at the minute. They beat Ipswich on the road, so fair play to them. But my win of the day, I've actually chose Burton Albion, like you mentioned, the six pointer, James. I've gone for Burton Albion's victory at Barnsley, winning two one. Uh, yes, like we mentioned, six pointer, and I'll, although Burton are still in twenty third position, without that victory that have been at the foot of the table and pretty much down and out below Sunderland, so that's Cape kept them alive, if you like, even though it's at the foot of the table. So I'm going to go for my most imp- most impressive result was Norwich coming from 2-0 down, but Burton Albion taking the win of the day away at Barnsley. That's a great take there, Louis. Uh, very interesting. You had me thinking about that because uh, both of you talking about matches with uh, teams that, that are at the bottom and, uh, and finding ways to get victories, it's very important. So I'm glad that you were talking about Burton Albion, and of course, Louis talking about Bolton. Uh, I'm sorry, James was talking about Bolton. For me, I'm going to say the team that impressed me and unfortunately continues to impress me 
and shock me is Cardiff City. I think Cardiff City getting this win on the road against Ipswich Town is huge, and they followed mm-hmm. that up over the week. Uh, well, actually, today, we're, we're recording this on Sunday. They followed that up with a victory at home, a win at home, and uh, they just keep winning. They keep finding ways to win. Uh, close matches, and that's a sign of a good team, so I have to give it to Neil Warnock. I can't stand him personally. That's just me. Uh, don't like his style. Don't like uh, his way that he he approaches uh, these matches. I just don't like much about Neil Warnock. That's just my personal thing with him. I, I don't like someone that that is like that uh, during matches. Don't like the way that he presents himself. But you have to give it to him because he's getting the results and uh, his team plays for him. So he deserves credit, even though I don't personally like him. But I'll give them the um, the win of the uh, midweek matches. So let's now transition. Let's let's go to the weekend matches and get your thoughts on that. And James, I'm going to go right back to you. We have to start Friday with Howe City's 1-0 victory over Sheffield United. Then on Saturday, we're going to Saturday now, Leeds United beat Brentford 1-0. And then you have North City and Bolton playing a goalless draw. Then you have Ipswich Town beating Preston North End 1-0. Uh, after that, we have Reddings and Derby's 3-3 draw. Nottingham Forest beat QPR 5-2. Middlesbrough and Sutherland play to a 3-3 draw. Aston Villa beat Sheffield Wednesday 4-2 on the road. Millwall again continues to win like we're talking about. They beat Burton Albion 1-0 on the road. Barnsley on the road as well, beat Birmingham City 2-0. And Fulham at Craven Cottage upset the team in first, Wolverhampton Wanderers 2-0. Then today on Sunday when we're recording this, Cardiff City again finds a way to win and beats Bristol City 1-0. James, I'm going to start with you. What was the best win of the weekend for you? Yeah, there was a couple, really. Obviously, quite a lot of high-scoring games this weekend, which I think caught many people by surprise. I think Nottingham Forest's win at QPR uh, was a very good win, even though those two teams we sort of haven't really talked about, mainly because they're sort of clear at the relegation zone and don't look like they're going to sort of catch the, the chasing pack of the playoffs. But, you know, obviously great to go away from home anywhere and, and score five goals. So definitely a good win for Nottingham Forest. I think, and as you mentioned earlier, it's another win for Millwall away at Burton. Yep. So good result for them. The one that I was going to sort of focus on was Barnsley, obviously, another six-pointer down the bottom, uh, getting a 2-0 win away at Birmingham, which I think it was Ollie McBurney scored both the goals and chatting to Rob, who's the Barnsley fan who comes on the podcast. If they'd had him signed in the, the summer transfer window that they wanted to, but I think there was a problem with the fax machine or something needed rebooting, which, you know, in this day and age still beggars belief that we're doing everything via fax for transfers. <laughs> you know, it could be completely different for them. So to go away from home against a team that is struggling in and around them, um, especially after their result in midweek, it is massive for them. And, you know, hopefully they can start to turn a corner now. The other game that I want to focus on, and obviously I'd imagine you'd have quite a lot to say about it, Russ, is obviously Fulham's win against Wolves. Uh, For the last few weeks, and I know you hate me saying it because I'm sort of getting ahead of myself for you, I I do think that you're going to really have a good push at that top two. Um, And I I still do think it'll be you and Wolves that go up automatic. And, you know, that was a massive statement. Right, James, I don't want to hear that. You're right. (laughs) So, yeah, that was a massive statement of intent for you to, to beat Wolves. You know, they've not been on a bad run, but they haven't been winning as many games recently, Wolves, as, as they would have liked to. But, you know, right. they're that far clear at the top that they're allowed a little slip up here and there. But, yeah, Fulham, you know, Sessegnon scoring again. Uh, you know, it's, it seems to be a recurring theme every week that we're singing his praises on this podcast. Um, you know, he's been absolutely magnificent this season. And then Mitrovic as well, getting another goal to follow up on the goal he got in midweek. You know, great for you again. And uh, I know we were talking off air with Jake, who used to be on the podcast last season, who supports Newcastle. And you were saying, you know, how well he's done for you. And it really has. Potentially like to keep him. So, yeah, that, that'd be the sort of the, the couple of games from the weekend that, that I'd focus on. Obviously, I want to stay as far away from Preston's result as possible. <laughs> I understand. Louie, how about yourself? 
Yeah, I mean, James has put it perfectly. We we, we don't seem to uh, go a podcast now without mentioning Fulham and it's all praise to them and obviously your team must uh, because I've simply wrote down the team what's impressed me and the win of the weekend was Fulham's victory against Wolves and like we say, we're talking about Sessignon all the time. He's bagged another goal, increasing his value and we've talked about that on a previous podcast but I'm sure his value is just going up and up and Mitrovic, I think you've managed to get him at a perfect time and he's, he's one of them players where some of your strikers do go stale at this time of the season and he's bagged a couple of goals so yep. fair play to Fulham um, they keep you know the, 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 I think the second in the form table and the, the, I can see them maybe not potentially catching obviously not Wolves but the, the second place spot but if, if they can keep this form going into the playoffs they're certainly going to be one of the favourites so yeah I mean the, the other two games what stood out for me again Costa keep winning and it was against Bristol City was Cardiff's victory 1-0 uh, they've got a four point gap over Aston Villa still now and, and they keep surprising me because I've always said all season that Cardiff potentially could drop off and they're just not doing no, so with 12 not. games to go yeah they simply could finish in that second spot and they would still surprise me if they did that uh, and then the other team I thought that with with Forest struggling of late that to go and score five goals away from home at QPR uh, winning 5-2 Lee Tomlin managed to score a brace as well uh, uh, that game stood out for me but all in all you can't look past I don't think you can look past Fulham this weekend Oh well, thanks, guys. I appreciate the praise of uh, my club. It's been a, an exciting time for uh, Fulham, and I'm enjoying every minute of it. And no, I I don't want to talk about second place. I want to focus on one match at a time. It's funny because we were talking about on Cottage Talk that Slavisa Jokanovic has pretty much taken that mantra: one match at a time, and that's the way it should be. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. Let's just focus on the next match, which is Derby County, and. I agree with that, and I got caught up in a little bit about talking about second place. I'm going to stop doing that, and I'm just going to focus on the next match and see where it takes us. But this now goes back to following up what you guys are talking about, which team impressed the most, and I have to go back to. I said it in midweek, and I'm going to say it again uh, today. have to say that I am impressed with Cardiff City because finding ways to win, that's the marker of a very good team. Brighton and Hove Albion – did it for uh, all of last season, and now Neil Warnock is, is doing it for his team at Cardiff City, just finding a way, and that's all you need to do And uh, because you're going to be presented with many challenges. And to win both of these matches and with a team like Fulham on a roll, they continue to win, and they make it difficult for a team like mine to get to second place, even though I just said I don't want to talk about it. Of course, I'm being a hypocrite there. But uh, the bottom line is that Cardiff City needs to be taken seriously as a team that can get second place. I don't want to do it, but I have to do it because that's what's, what I'm seeing in front of me, and I have to give them credit. So, Can I just point out as well, Russ? Cardiff, sure, go ahead. Um, Cardiff are the team in the league who've conceded the least goals, so they've even conceded yeah. less than Wolves. They've only conceded 27 in 34 games, which is is crazy start to say yes. that. They're not even conceding one a game, so fair play to them. Absolutely. And again, that's a mark of a good team that does not lead goals that is very difficult to break down. They are, and they give themselves a chance to win each and every match. And if, if it starts there and they play the way that Warnock wants them to play, they're going to be a difficult out the rest of the way. That's why I see them as a, a team that, even though I thought they were going to drop off, they might not. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies. I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is... Another mask. <laughs> <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. 
Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Yeah, to go uh, to carry on talking about Cardiff actually, and I was having I can't remember who I was having the conversation with last week on the podcast. Would you sort of obviously Reading last season were a team that kind of went under the radar and managed to just keep sort of picking up points here and there and eventually just missed out on automatic promotion and and were in the playoffs. Do you see Cardiff as almost like the Reading of this season where they may not have the best squad in the division, but they're all buying into obviously Warnock's philosophy and and managing to grind out results? It's interesting. Uh, Are they Reading? In some ways, they're Reading because they are buying into everything that he's talking about. But my only, you know, again, I think the difference is that Warnock has a, a longer track record, James, meaning that his style has uh, has worked several seasons, whereas Yapstam was uh, was uh, putting together a system that worked for one season but has not worked for another. So I look at them as that even if they don't get promoted. I think they would have to be one of the favorites to get promoted next season. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, he's, he's built a real solid foundation there. And I think if... Yeah, that's my uh, point. Yeah, yeah if, if they don't go up this season, I think, you know, a couple of additions... I don't the think they're going to do a Reading. Yeah, no, I, I don't either. I think, obviously, Reading... I wouldn't say they got lucky getting to where they did last season because, obviously, it's not just a one-game thing. It's over the course of a season. But I think definitely, you know, Cardiff have the better sort of long-term infrastructure in place that if they don't go up this season, you know, potentially next season or the season after, we could be talking about them as, you know, one of the teams to potentially win the league. To uh, Just to go back on to, to Fulham, um next Russ obviously there was an interview with Tom Kearney that came out this week and it was Louis actually who sort of alerted me to it where he said that playing in front of TV cameras makes not necessarily him just as an individual but the team raise their game do you see that as sort of a reason why Fulham are doing well that they're sort of all out to impress and you know even if they don't go up people like Sessegnon and and Kearney for example are you know playing almost with one eye on sort of a, a summer transfer or something like that. How do you sort of see his comments and what would be your opinion on it? Yeah, my opinion on that is that I don't see this particular team looking at it that way. I know what he had said, but I see them, you know, being on, uh, in the, uh, you know, being on uh, the big stage. I think every player wants to be on the big stage. And uh, I think, you know, it gives a chance to show what the team can do. I don't think that he's looking at it as uh, something that he can do personally. I think he's looking at it as a bigger picture. But for me, I don't think uh, playing uh, on uh, on national television was, uh, you know, helpful positively or hurt them negatively because, again, they played Wolves on national TV and uh, earlier in the season and got – destroyed 2-0. So it can work both ways. Uh, you have to have the right mentality. I don't know how, I don't know if it helps you raise your game. I think that you have to be able to play, you know, if you're playing uh, in front of, say, 5,000 people or playing in front of millions, meaning that, that the television cameras are, are watching you. Um, I think you got to do that as a team. It, it, if you're talking about individual players raising their game, I don't know if that's full, my I, because I see them playing together as a unit. So, but, but you know, that's the way I took it, James. Yeah, definitely. I think with obviously like supporting Preston, I always dread every time we get announced as being a team that are on TV. Because I'm there with you. I don't like it to be. <laughs> yeah, we always, you know, the crowds are lower because people stay home and watch it on TV, and it, it always seems to be us on the receiving end of either you know, a, an embarrassing defeat or something goes wrong. There was a game going back to the year we got relegated. It was actually against Sheffield Wednesday, so it'd be funny to see if you uh, remember it, Louis, where we had Graham Wesley in charge at the time. And it certainly got, rings a bell, mate. It rings yeah, a bell. Yeah, we, we got absolutely battered. He played, I think at the time, it was our sixth-choice centre-back up front 
for the whole 90 minutes. It wasn't a case of the last 10 minutes chasing the game, putting him up front. He, he started him up front. And then after the game, they asked him why he did it. And he basically came out and said that a couple of the players had texted some Sheffield Wednesday players the team the night before. Um, so he had no choice but to change sort of the lineup, which, you know, didn't really make any sense then that he put a uh, <laughs> a sixth choice centre back up front for the game. So, sort of my experience of, of either players raising their game or sort of our successes on TV are, are quite sort of minimal. There's only really been the playoffs where we got promoted from League One, where it seems to go right on TV for us. Everything else is either sort of an embarrassing defeat or quite a boring, you know, draw. So, you know, I, I don't particularly enjoy playing on TV and it certainly isn't the case sort of from the outside looking in that the Preston players managed to, to raise their game from playing on TV. But sort of to go back to the, obviously the playoff race is sort of hotting up now that I mentioned earlier. There's realistically about six or seven teams outside the playoffs who could, you know, catch the sort of the chasing pack. Obviously, you've got Bristol in sixth place and then right down to Millwall in 12th who are only six points behind how do you two both see, first of all, the the playoff picture looking come the end of the season? Which teams do you think could get in there? And is there going to be a team from, say, Millwall or Leeds down in 11th or 12th that could surprise everyone and sneak in at the last minute? Uh, I'll start with you first up with this, Louis. Uh, for me, mate, uh, to be honest, I think the gap in this season in the Championship, it's, it's kind of... Similar to that of the Premier League, you've got Wolves flying away with it, like your Man City, and then you've got four or five more. And I think simply now that there's only the sixth spot available where someone can sneak in. Um, so if I'm honest, the teams what are particularly in in the playoff spots as they are now, uh, below Cardiff in second, Aston Villa, Derby, Fulham, I think they are going to stay where they are. Obviously, they, they might change around position, but they'll think they finish third, fourth and fifth. And I think from Bristol City, who are in sixth, down to, I would say, probably Leeds in 11th, there is a five-point gap. And I think between Bristol City, Middlesbrough, Sheffield United, Preston, Brentford and Leeds, any one of those teams could take that sixth spot. Um, and that's why I mentioned like, the Premier League, because... It's very there's, there's leagues within leagues in the Premier League. I mean, this season it's the, the bottom ten in that league, and then you've got another five, another four, and then Man City running away with it. And it's it's kind of happened in in the Championship for the first time in many years. That and uh, I can see that happening this year, whereby there's only six six spot to play for, and there's potentially four, five, six teams going for that spot. Uh, now, regarding the playoff race, if I'm honest. The team, dare I say it, who I think may actually get into that sixth spot, I'm going to actually say Leeds United. I think that for some reason, since they brought Hecking Bottom in, you know, he, he didn't win his first couple of games. But I think with 12 games to go, he might just hit that spot where they hit that run of form, even if they win six, seven, eight more games in the remainder of the season. And I can just see him maybe on the last day sneaking in. Um, I'm not saying by all means that they're going to go up this season via the playoffs because I certainly think Villa, Derby and Fulham are a stronger team than Leeds. But I could see them nicking it, if I'm honest. But I'd love to hear what you guys have got to say on that. Well, I'm looking at the teams around and uh, I understand why you went there because uh, you make a very good argument for Leeds uh, because I, I rate Heckenbottom a great deal. So I understand why you mentioned that. I can't get past Middlesbrough with that talented team. Uh, that's the reason why I'm just sticking with them. I think that they can get in there ahead of Bristol City. I think that's the team for me. I could be wrong. I could also see Preston. I know, James, listen, you're certainly still in the mix there. You could definitely get in there. There's an argument for almost every single one of these teams. Brentford, hot and cold. Brentford could get a hot streak, and they could get in there. So it's really up for grabs. That's what's great about the championship. It's so close. And that sixth spot could go to one of, say, six teams. Yeah, definitely. I think the thing that fills me with a bit of doubt with Preston is our sort of inability to turn draws into wins. And 
over the last couple of games, even though we've had sort of on paper good points against the likes of Brentford, Aston Villa and Wolves, and then, you know, disappointing to lose yesterday. Those games, we've taken the lead in all three of them. So obviously on, on one hand, you know, draws against those three teams, you know, were a great result for for people looking in um, from the outside. But, you know, to, to take the lead in all of them and, and not uh, even a, in at least one come away with, with three points is a bit disappointing. So I think this season we, you know, unless we do put a run together and start finding the back of the net, we'll be a bit short. But I think, you know, Brentford... Uh, as I said earlier, one of those teams that if they're playing well on the day, they can give anyone a game. I think the top five as it is at the moment, obviously the order could change, but I think, you know, Fulham, Derby, Villa, Cardiff and Wolves will be the top five come the end of the season. And, you know, I'm sort of looking down and, you know, you can make a case really for sort of any of that five or six in the chasing pack. You know, Bristol are the ones in the driving seat at the moment, you know, two points ahead of Middlesbrough. Um, Sheffield United have been there all season. Middlesbrough have got a you know a fantastic squad, and then as you said, Louis, if uh, if Heckingbottom can get sort of that honeymoon period that most managers get, you know they could sort of shoot right up there. Um, but sort of on on the topic of the playoffs, and we were sort of chatting about this earlier, Louis and and myself were talking about this off air. The sort of the way the playoffs sort of shape up and, uh, and the way it really sort of takes place almost. Do you think it, it favours the team? Obviously, the team that finishes third have been obviously the third best team in the league. Do you think right. it favours more so that team or, or one of the teams obviously in fourth, fifth or sixth? What's your opinion on sort of the way the playoffs are formatted and, and would you make any changes to them? Uh, so... Ah, it's a funny one because obviously Wednesday, from my perspective, we've been in the playoffs the last two seasons and the first season we came six. So for me, there was no issues with the playoff format uh, because we took that sixth spot and we managed to get to Wembley. And although we got beat, you know, it was fantastic for us finishing six and we were kind of the dark horses who just missed out. Last season we finished fourth. So again, it worked in our favour, but I guess the playoffs—it's—it it's, must be so frustrating for the team who finished third. And I know in many cases the team who finished third—they um, could have potentially just missed out by one point from second or even goal difference. So the only—I'm quite happy with how the playoff format is. It's—I mean, the playoffs are fantastic at the end of the season when you have four teams fighting for that one promotion spot. However, the only other way that I could they could change the format to make it even more fair is I believe you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe at the minute the team obviously who finishes third place six and the fourth play fifth, and the right. team who finishes higher, they play away from home first. Is that correct? And then they play their right. home leg last. Yes. I thought. Would it be better if the team who finished higher, so the team who, play, who finished third, play six, asking the team who finished third if they would prefer to play home or away first to give them the advantage and choose hmm. which fixture would they, would like they prefer? Um, I think that's a great was, idea, Louis. Uh, it's the first time I've thought about it. And then the team <laughs> who finished fourth obviously chooses right. whether they play home or away Um against the team who finished fifth. The other alternative would be for you to have a playoff with only three teams in it. So the team that finishes third goes straight to the Wembley final and then you have the team who finishes fourth and fifth playing a semi-final leg. Yes, so that's the only alternatives I could think of. Although I must admit I do like how the format is at present, I believe, though, it's the teams who finish third who come away most frustrated because in season by seasons gone by, the team who's finished third haven't actually gone up. I think only one... Is it, is it true that only one team since the playoffs in the Championship have actually gone up who finished third, I believe? That's um, yeah, so... Other than the suggestions I've made, like I say, I am quite happy with the format. But again, you know, I understand the frustrations of teams who came who came third. So it'll be interesting to see what you're going to say, Russ, because obviously <laughs> you've been in and around the playoffs for the last yep. few seasons, also, and I expect you to be there again. So, well, it's interesting, and uh, 
I love your idea because I think your idea is a great solution. Give the teams that come in third and fourth the option. Maybe it's a team that wants to get off to uh, uh, an advantage that plays extremely well at home. Maybe they want to be home first. Maybe they want that advantage first to get up on a team if that's to their liking. I like that because I think that puts more control and gives a little favor to those teams that have earned it coming in at third and fourth. I like that. The buy thing's interesting, though. You you, you threw me with the buy. Uh, I, I do like that, though, but I don't think that would ever fly. No, so, I, I don't, if I'm honest, but it no. was just a quick you know, No, it's an, an interesting idea. idea. It's actually an interesting idea. It goes, goes right to one way. I like that idea, but I think the the most practical idea is yours because that, to me, just puts more control and puts more weight on, on coming in third and fourth. Yeah, I completely agree with what you two said, and it's almost as if Louis had looked at the notes that I had because that was exactly <laughs> the sort of the, the point I was going to make where I think asking the teams that finish third or fourth potentially which way round they want to play their fixtures is, is definitely sort of a good way to go. Obviously, depending on how they've, you know, their home and away form has been all season and, and which way the manager had preferred to sort of set up could be, you know, a way of, of benefiting the teams that have finished higher up in the league. You know, in case, in sort of some cases, the team that finishes third could be almost sort of 15, 20 points ahead of, of the team that finishes sixth, for example. And, you know, then they go into the game and the team that finishes sixth can, you know, sneak it almost, which... <laughs> Not that it's ever happened to Preston, but it's, it must be sort of a gutting thing to to be that much better than someone over a season, and then you go into sort of the playoffs, which is you know as as everyone says a lottery, you know on a level playing field almost with no advantage to show for your hard work over the forty six games. So I definitely think something like that, choosing you know home or away first, is definitely a way to go. And the other point that you made, Louis, you know, same with as Russ said, threw me a little. I think that'd be sort of interesting to see sort of how that'd be received with obviously different clubs. And the only thing with it, obviously the team that finishes sixth then would probably have a sort of an argument to say who, you know, in years gone by would then get into the playoffs, but obviously miss out. So I think there's uh, definitely a conversation to be had, you know, with regards to, as we said, maybe the sort of the team that finishes higher, choosing which way around to play or, or something along those lines. And Can I can be... I just mention, James, if you don't mind? Yeah, yeah. Um, while we're on this topic, obviously regarding promotion, I know it's been talked about like 21st and 22nd having a playoff for relegation also. Do you think that is something what? It'd be very intriguing, or do you think it's just best with three three getting relegated as it is now? Yeah, it's uh, it's quite interesting that I saw someone uh, tweet about that earlier in the week, and obviously watching as much Bundesliga as I do, they have sort of a similar system to that in in the league already. Where yeah, they do. Obviously, the team that finishes seventeenth and eighteenth both go down automatically. The team that finishes then sixteenth go into a playoff with the team that finished third in the the second division which, you know, makes for a really sort of fascinating two-legged tie. And last season, it was Wolfsburg who were in it, you know, a massive club in Germany. And mm-hmm. it's really fascinating then to see, obviously, I the dynamic. I watched that, by the way. It was, it was very interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I, I enjoy watching that. And I do think either the team in League One that finishes, you know, say third, for example, or yeah. if we were going to restructure the playoffs, or as you said, Louis, the, the two teams that finish, you know, second or third bottom or however way you wanted to do it with the teams going down and up you know I think that'd be you know fascinating to watch and it would almost for the drama of it I'd say be on a par with the playoffs maybe maybe not sort of to the same extent where the playoffs you'd be going up into the premiership relegation be down into league one but I think even if there was, say, for example, uh, going back to the restructuring of the playoffs, if they did that between the Premier League and, and the Championships, so say, for example, I don't know, Fulham finish third this season and they end up playing West Brom or someone like that who right. are sort of in and around the relegation zone over a two-legged tie, I think that would be, you know, a great one. That would be interesting too, yeah, absolutely. And certainly, yeah, see, see how that works. I think definitely, you know, it's, it's going the, the route these days of the football's, 
more becoming about sort of the entertainment value for for people watching on TV. And I think definitely some of those examples that we gave would you know be fascinating sort of watches on TV. So it'd be interesting, you know, further down the line in however many years if they, you know, did look to restructure it sort of that way. Um, you know what's interesting, James, is that the Bundesliga are really at the top of innovating their game, you know, innovating their league. They're trying to find ways to make it more interesting, not just this, obviously, with VAR. They're willing to take some chances. Yeah, definitely. Um, the, the amount of it I watch and sort of... Over the last couple of years, I found it sort of a better watch, really, than than sort of watching like the Premier League. Um, for as you said, sort of the innovation that's there, and you know the way they treat their fans compared to sort of over in England. And we were talking the other week about ticket prices in the league, and you know while a club can charge sort of forty odd quid or, or whatever it is in the Championship, you know the grounds are half full most of the time. Whereas you know in Germany, you get teams in the second division averaging 50 55,000 every weekend and you know that can't just be down to sort of pure coincidence that their ticket prices are lower and then obviously their atmosphere is better but can know, I ask it, you uh, can yeah. I ask you James you know the second tier in the Bundesliga um, equivalent yes. of the championship is, is the 20 teams in that league I, I believe so. Yeah, let me pull it up because I've literally Cause only ever watched in, the, the Bundesliga. There's only 18, isn't there? And I just, I thought, I just, I, I, I was just thinking regarding obviously the teams in the Championship. There's 24, and I was just wondering if eventually you could see it going down to a 20 league, uh, 20 team league like the Premier League, um, and if that would put more emphasis on games and fans and uh, like the playoffs and relegation. Um, essentially like the Premier League, basically. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just looking now, there's uh, the the third division in Germany has 20, the, the second has 18 again. But, you know, as, as you said with your point, I think the amount of money that's floating around the leagues now, you know, potentially they could. And it is getting to the stage where the standard in the championship is, you know, a lot better than it was mm-hmm. even sort yeah. of five or six years ago. So maybe, yeah, sort of taking the league down to sort of a 20 and then, Maybe even introducing, you know, like another league in the football league. So you'd have sort of an extra league for those teams that are sort of in between. Because you get teams almost like Burton, who, you know, great success story. And it's not me having a knock at them by any means, but they come up to the championship and them compared to, say, like an Aston Villa uh, or, or a Wolves, for example, you know, the light years apart in terms of uh, sort of grounds, uh, mm-hmm. sort of facilities, money. So I think maybe adding, yeah, another league or something like that or taking it down to sort of a smaller league would, you know, help. And then it it helps teams like Burton then if they eventually do come up, not been, you know, up against it for the whole season and basically every game for them almost been a sort of an FA Cup tie, um, which is sort of how it sort of seems when they go to places like Aston Villa and that kind of thing. Um but to move on, finally, obviously, uh, games next week. And I think we'll start with you first, Louis, because I believe you've got two. You've got an FA Cup replay as well against we Swansea. Yeah. Um, I believe it's Tuesday night. Um, or right. it might be. Yeah. Um, how do you see that game going, first of all? Do you think there'll be sort of changes made and, and focus will be firmly on the league? Or how do you see that game going? And then obviously talk us through your game next weekend. Oh, to be honest, I really don't know what our priority is at the minute. I mean, we've we've just suffered a couple of defeats this last week, uh, so we need to put a bit more emphasis on the league again. And when we drew nil nil with Swansea in the in, in the first game of, of the cup, a draw was probably the worst result for both teams because obviously Swansea are fighting relegation in the Premier League, were in touching distance of being in a relegation fight. So. I really don't know. I, I was disappointed in the first leg, although I thought that we, we just edged the game and if any team did deserve the victory, it, it was Sheffield Wednesday. And although we drew nil-nil, I was disappointed in the lineup because we didn't put our so-called better players out that were available on the day to, to go for the win, even though we, we did come away quite unlucky. So in this game, I don't think we're taking it too seriously. Um if, if I'm completely honest, I think with it being a home leg, I reckon, obviously, it's Carvajal again, and we all know the history of Carvajal, but I think with him being at home this time, he'll take it a little bit more seriously. Obviously, they've, they've just brought in Jordan Ayew. 
he was on the bench last time. I'd expect him to start up front probably with Tammy Abraham and us guys all know about Tammy Abraham from last season, what he's capable of. Um, so if I'm honest, obviously I, I don't want to go out of the cup because there's a potential home tie with Tottenham if they were to beat Rochdale, which you would expect. But um, I think that we will get beat. I, I, if I were going to predict this result, I would say we were going to lose 2-0. Um, and to be honest, the last time we beat a Premier League team, surprisingly, a little fact for you, in the FA Cup is when we actually beat Sheffield United back in 93 semi-final. So it's a hell of a long time since we've beat a Premier League team in the Cup. So like I say, I'd love to go through to the next round and have a home tie, even if it was against Tottenham. And if we got beat in that game, I wouldn't mind. It'd be lovely to have a Premier League team at Hillsborough again in the quarterfinal of the Cup. But my expectations is that we will get beat. Anything other than that, if we were to win on penalties or in extra time, then happy days. Um, but the other game we've got on the Saturday in the league, again, it's a tough affair because we've got Bristol City um, uh, and, and it's an, an away tie. We've Ooh, can been... you help us out, please? <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, of course. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm hoping so. I mean, obviously... Um, Bristol City, they, they've been struggling of late, but so have we. Yeah. We're, we're, getting, we're, we're losing or our, our drawing at the minute. So, yeah, I'm hoping we can do you a favour, Russ, by obviously beating <laughs> Bristol City. Um, but with it being away, I, again, I, I'm going to... That's a tough place to play, by the way. Definitely. I mean, it's, it's a, Bristol City this season, a, a team I respect. I, I think yeah. the players that they've got, such as Flint and Bobby Reed, I would love them in my team. Um but they haven't won in four games, and no. there's and because of that reason, I've actually pre- predicted this game as as a one-one draw. There's no reason why we can't go there and get a point because I think since they went out against Man City in the semi-final of the cup, that they um, they've probably lost a little bit of confidence in their league forms, gone out the window slightly, even though they could potentially finish in the playoffs. But I'll predict a one-one draw with this one and. Like you say, Russ, hopefully do Fulham a huge favour just because I like you. Well, I like you too, Louis. Thank you. (laughs) And, yeah, to to move on to you, Russ, obviously just a one game for Fulham. Uh, Tricky looking tie. Oh, very. Away at away at Derby County there's sort of looking at your fixtures you have got quite a a few difficult games coming up teams sort of in and around you how do you see the game going and what would be your prediction for a score oh it's going to be tough uh Fulham have not played well recently at Pride Park so I don't know I mean I'd like to say that that uh we should be favored to win this match but I I have much respect for Derby County for Gary Rowett I I do so I think that this could go on the lines of another draw. I could see Fulham getting something out of this. They drew with uh, Derby County at Craven Cottage, but it's funny because uh, we had a few players out there now. They now have returned, so hopefully we can get a result. I wouldn't be shocked if we could win it. Again, all three potential scenarios are in play here, but it's not going to be easy for Fulham. If Fulham play the way they played against Wolves, they can beat Derby County on the road, but it's just not going to be easy. So I, I will kind of go in the middle here, and I will say that they will they will get a draw in this match, and that to me would be a decent result. If we want second, you know, I, again, I'm jumping ahead again. I'm being a hypocrite. If they really want second, you have to keep winning these matches. But I just think it's going to be very difficult. So I'm going to say Fulham can pull off a draw on the road against Derby County. Yeah, I definitely think the way you've been playing, you've got sort of more than enough to, to give them a good game. And, you know, over the last few weeks, they have been sort of dropping points here and there. So they have. I think definitely, you know, there's there's something to be had from that game for you. Um, to go on to Preston's game, obviously, we're away at Bolton, which, you know, a couple of weeks ago, they were down at the foot of the table and I, I would have been more confident than I am now after having seen how badly we played yesterday. It was... Probably our worst performance of the season yesterday, which was bitterly disappointing considering a number of teams around us dropped points. And, you know, if we'd have won, we'd be level on points with Bristol now for that last playoff spot. But, you know, bad result, but we're still only three points outside and playing a team that on paper 
if we want to get into the playoffs, this is a game we should win. Um, we've only had the few defeats this season, and, and when we have, it's almost given the team a lift then in training the next week, you know, to come out and prove a point. And we've come out sort of the next game after a defeat and, you know, looked a completely different side and, and managed to win more often than not. So fingers crossed for that. Um, we're taking a lot of fans because it's only a short trip uh, from obviously Preston to Bolton and it's our gentry day where everyone gets dressed up in suits and bowler hats and the idea is to remember sort of any Preston fans that have passed away in the previous year so it's a great day out for the club and hopefully you know at the end of the day we're talking about a fantastic performance on the field rather than a disappointing performance and, and another defeat so if I was to go for a score prediction, I think we will have, obviously, a point to prove. And I think we will have a little bit too much for Bolton, who are getting away from sort of the relegation zone a little bit now. So they may take their eye off the boil. But, you know, at the same time, they could be sort of raise a focus to get another victory. So I'm going to predict that we'll scrape it maybe 1-0 or 2-1. I don't think it'll be sort of a high-scoring game. But I think, you know, the odd goal will win it. And hopefully we're on the right end of that. Um but with that, we're out of time. If you guys want to let everyone know where they can reach you and any projects that you're involved in, now would be a good time. Yeah, my name's Louis. You can find me on Twitter at Louis Shackshaft or visit my website, louisshackshaft.com. I regularly post Sheffield Wednesday statistics. You can follow the hashtag uh, SWFC stats on Twitter. Uh, and I regularly do articles and blogging, uh, so you can view them on my website also. Okay, my name is Russ Goldman. I'm the host of Cottage Talk. You can follow me on Twitter at Russ underscore Goldman and also at the Twitter account for the show, Cottage Talk, simply just Cottage Talk. So that's how you can reach me on both of my Twitter accounts. Yeah, and as I said at the start, you can reach me on my Twitter, which is at underscore James Vickers, where I mainly tweet about Preston North End and German football as well. So definitely give me a follow. And you can follow our new Twitter page for the show at Championship Pod where there's weekly polls that go up and obviously the link to each new episode will be posted on there as well. So definitely check that out. Um, cheers for joining me today, guys. It's always great sort of having you two on and the three of us. It, it always works well together. Um, so hopefully in the next few weeks, we'll get you both on again. And, you know, hopefully, Louis, we're talking about uh, a potential FA Cup quarterfinal for you and, and sort of singing Fulham's praises again, Russ. But I hope, yeah, so. I hope so. I hope so. Yes, I <laughs> Fingers hope so. crossed, yeah. And a, and a playoff place for Preston. Um, there you go. But yeah, cheers. Cheers for joining me, and we'll see you next time. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to yeah. bring something like this to life. And yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend <laughs> that I don't right Hold now. it in. Hold and our current faves. And Luffy must have his due. <laughs> Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.